Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. So I want to ask you guys a question out there. And the question is this, how do you interpret and deal with contradictory behavior from your spouse during a marriage crisis? And the reason I'm asking this is because I received an email, which I'm going to read right now verbatim, um, that actually speaks to this. And here it goes. What do you do when your partner behaves hot and cold? And here's a little context. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. I started to make changes to myself in order to stabilize the situation with my husband. And about two months ago, I received the famous gut punch. And it came in the form of, I am no longer in love with you. This obviously initially generated in me a lot of anxiety, panic, and resistance, you know, the classical stuff. But I pulled my self together after a couple of days. And after finding your podcast, I stopped bringing up the relationship talk. And as you guys all know, that's one of the things I recommend you do, right? And back to the email. So I stopped trying to push for couples counseling as well. Another thing I recommend, I stopped trying to control the situation by being overly affectionate, overly helpful. I work to respond rather than react I understand my part in this situation. And now while we are here, I see this change in me having an effect in my relationship. Things are more stable, and I don't feel like he might be, you know, slamming the door any minute now. And that was the case a few weeks ago, but we are most certainly not out of the crisis. He's still often distant, shows me little affection, if any. He doesn't say, I love you anymore. But I also sometimes see little boosts of love, you know, little signs of affection where he is warm, connected, more affectionate. We still manage to connect sexually, but it's always kind of very temporary. I see him distance himself after every connection we get. So he runs hot and cold with me. And I admit that it destabilizes me. Let me repeat that. I admit that it destabilizes me. I don't know how to interpret these contradictions and how to act. You know, thank you for your advice, for your help, and for all your content. So that's the email I received about this contradictory behavior that one needs to, you know, interpret in the midst of a marriage crisis. You know, one day they're hot, the next day they're cold, right? So let's talk about this a little bit, right? The famous you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, right? It's the speech. It's kind of what you got. I don't love you anymore. People say different ways, but that's kind of the speech. 
I often refer to it as the lonely speech because that's exactly how it comes out. I love you. I'm not in love with you. So let's talk about what that really means. I want you to think of connection as being a range, right? You can be very, very connected. You can be somewhat connected and you could be disconnected. There's a range. And so many times when people hear me talking, they hear me as kind of a binary. You're either connected or you're disconnected. But that's not the case. There can be varying degrees of connection. In fact, in every relationship, the level of connection will go kind of up and down. There are going to be times, even in the healthiest of relationships, where you feel more or less connected. You might not feel disconnected, although most couples experience those points as well, but you may not feel the level of connection you would like to feel. So first, let's get rid of this whole binary thinking process. And we're going to look at this in two different ways today. But the one binary that I want you to immediately get rid of is disconnected or connected. It's not that it's disconnected all the way up to very connected. And I wanted to be clear, that's not just connected, right? Because the feeling of being in love is over an abundance of connection. Like you have more than enough connection. I would often say overly connected, but I'm not sure if that's really a fair thing, you know, to say you're more than adequately connected. You've got an abundance of connection. And because of that, you have that sense, right? And when people say not in love with you, they're talking about the chemistry or romantic feelings, the attraction that we have towards someone. Well, that comes from just having more than enough connection. Now, there is a change that I've talked about in other podcasts that is to happen in a marriage that goes from being an adrenaline-driven connection or an attraction to an endorphin connection or attraction, which basically is when you settle into the regular loving relationship. That's the switch to an endorphin-based connection. Adrenaline is what happens when we're chasing this person that we're really madly in love with. And maybe they're, you know, they're even chasing us back. But you know, there is some fear attached to that. There's some excitement attached to that as well. And that happens usually at the beginning of a relationship. And that over time calms down in most relationships and gets back onto this endorphin base where you're having to make sure that you're propping up the love. You're continuing to reach out in connection. And that's the problem with the pause button I often talk about. When people hit the pause button in a marriage, well, they stop acting in those loving ways. And that tends to maintain that level of connection. So I love you, not in love with you, means that that level of connection has dropped below that abundance of connection. But there's still room before you get to disconnection. And disconnection, and unfortunately, the pain that's attributed to that or that's caused by that creates a feeling of disdain. Even when we, let's say, that there's someone walking down the street and I'm not connected to them. They're strangers. I'm not connected. I don't feel bad when they pass by me. I don't feel anger or resentment towards them when they pass by me. They just, you know, they're just people that I don't have any relationship with. Now, I compare that to, let's say, that there's somebody in my life that I, sh I should feel connection to, and there is a reason I would feel that connection, and I don't feel it. Well, that causes hurt and pain. 
And one of the things we as humans do with hurt and pain is we turn it into anger, disdain as a flavor of anger, as a mask of pain. It's when you're angry so much that you want to be away from somebody. You're disdaining that person and you're pushing them away. Well, you're not at that point. You still have some places of connection. So let's come back to that binary idea. Let's say that I have a couple you know, that comes into my office and one of them says, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, right? That's binary. I don't want to be in versus I want to be in the binary choice of be in or out. Well, that is not a true binary thought process, right? Because our brain is multi-model in thinking, even when our communication is more binary. It's more absolute. We often say things like, I like this, I don't like that. But if we were to go a little bit deeper, let's say somebody comes to my house and they try something for dinner and they go, ooh, I really like this. And instead of saying, okay, you like it, that's binary versus you don't like it, I would say on a scale of 0 to 100, how much do you like it? Well, I really like it maybe 65 to 70%. Okay, well, there's still a 30 35% area of improvement. That's possible, right? Maybe I could find something they would like even better. But let's say they come in and say, yeah, I really dislike that. Okay, on a scale of 0 to 100, where 0 is you just despise it completely, to 100, you love it completely, where are you? Well, I'm at about a 35%. Okay, well, you know you dislike it, but it's not entirely disliked. And so our brain is able to think in those multi-model ideas, but we don't communicate it well. We don't communicate it that way. We communicate it in a binary or in an absolute way. I like it. I dislike it. I love you. I don't love you. I feel connected to you. I don't feel connected to you. If I'm looking at something, I like it or I don't like it, right? I mean, there are some ways where you see some level of this. So you go to Amazon and, you know, give a review on a book or something, and you may give it three stars, which means it's somewhere in the middle. It's It was adequate, right? You got something out of it, or you give it five stars where you absolutely love the book, or you give it one star, which means it was a terrible book. You didn't like it at all. There's some level where we experience that multi-model thinking when we do that kind of thing. But most of life, it's up or down. I like it. I didn't like it. I'd buy it again. I wouldn't buy it again. And that when we apply it to the relationship is when people say, you know, I'm not happy. I want out. Now, how does that translate? Well, many times I've been sitting in my office and I've had that conversation with somebody says, you know, I don't want to be in a marriage anymore. And when their spouse is out of the room, I'm able to get more of an interaction with the person and I can go deeper. I could say, well, how much do you want to be out? I mean, what layer are you 100% out? Almost never are they 100% out. Many times they say, I'm really confused about this. I really think that I want out, but I'm not positive about that. And there's a part of me that wants this to work out. And so they can give me a lot of different multi-model ways of talking about it that they don't express when the other person is around, 
when their spouse is in the room. And so part of what you're struggling with that you may be hearing an absolute when the person is not necessarily feeling an absolute. They just don't know what to do with that, which is where we come up with this kind of behavior that you're seeing or you're not sure how to interpret it. Where a person is much more distance at times and other times they are much closer. Now, there is a clue here. When you talk about the fact that when you have been more closely connected, which may be more connected than he was comfortable with, he distances. He finds a new balance point there. And so that may be a little bit of a clue that just tells you that he got closer than he meant to or that he was comfortable with or that felt natural to him. And so this this place that you're talking about, is there another word for it? And I think that word is ambivalence. The person feels ambivalent, some level of ambivalence, and the level of ambivalence is that multimodal thinking. So here's the upside of that. I would much rather have someone be ambivalent in the process than to be absolutely out in the process. Ambivalence is often a sign that there is some room, some possibility that they're not sure what to do with, but that they are not 100% out in spite of what they may have said. And so part of what I would say is that when you see that ambivalence, in some ways you should be seeing that as a clue, seeing that there is room, there's something that could happen. See that as a positive sign, an opportunity. It's not as positive as you would like it. I understand that. But it is more positive than the absolute amount, which brings us to what to do about this. What do you do about this? And I've often found myself saying, you have a choice. You can either be confused or connecting. It could be confusing or you could be connecting. That's your choice. Confusion or connection. Don't allow yourself to buy into the confusion. Don't let it throw you off your game. Continue your efforts to connect. Let them be the place that's vacillating because one of the things that often happens when people are reacting to this ambivalent hot cold is that they begin to play the hot and cold game as well. They don't mean to, but they start playing it as well. And so instead of them being the steady spot, the person who's continuing to reach out, the person who's continuing to work on this, you know, that stable place in the process, they allow the confusion that the spouse is feeling to contaminate them. And so while you're seeing this confused behavior on the other side, what if your spouse sees the same thing from you? And what if you both hit the downgrade of confusion at the same time? Then you have a double dose of confusion. Then neither one of you are able to move forward with this rather than going, you know what? I'm going to accept that my spouse is feeling this ambivalence, is not sure what to do with the connection. And I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to continue staying consistent and constant here. Remember, that's my rule. Calm, constant, consistent. And there is a fourth one that I added some time ago. Courageous. That you're courageous. I added because Somebody pointed out, a client pointed out to me 
that they feel like they were having to add on courage when they were doing those first three C's. Calm, constant, consistent, and now courageous is how you need to be functioning. That will help not stress out the other person in the midst of their confusion. Because your confusion, if it comes out, your negative confusion, if it comes out, it's going to put them on a negative spot. They'll pull back. And you'll go, you know, maybe I have to pull back. Maybe I was wrong about this. And that's exactly the wrong time. Now, it's also the wrong time to say, I'm going to chase them down, right? You need to find your steady state spot and work from that calm, constant, consistent, courageous spot. So why the courageous? Because courage comes when you take action, even when it's a little scary, especially when it's a little scary. And this feels uncomfortable and it feels like you don't know what you're doing, but you continue stepping into that. The courageousness, right? The calm, consistent, constant is where you need to be. That's what creates that steady state spot. So the other person, your spouse can say, wow, there are some changes here. I see some possibilities here that I did not see before and can react to that when they're more comfortable to do it. And in the email and the question, this woman said, so she said, responding versus reacting. And I just used the word reacting. And that's where you do want to make sure that you're managing that and you're making sure that you're responding to the situation, not reacting to your fear, not reacting to their fear, not reacting to their pullback, but responding to your plan. That's it. You know, people often say, well, I don't know what I would do differently. How am I going to respond differently? Well, respond to your plan. Follow your plan. And if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a roadmap, you need to get one immediately, right? To put the pieces of the puzzle of connection with your spouse, changing yourself, creating a new path. This is all the stuff that we cover in the Fortified Spouse Program. You need to be functioning on all those levels so that they can see that there is a steady state to respond to and not just a steady state like the old pause button. That's the steady state that you need to be in. The current new setting, the connecting non-pause person who responds to a plan and continues the efforts to move forward. So to kind of to recap here, you heard a speech or an email of disconnection, which is not just a binary connected, disconnected thing, and that the proof of that is in the ambivalence. And even if the person doesn't spend time giving you the you know five-star rating on where things are or a zero to a hundred rating on how connected you are, keep that in mind that the ambivalence is a positive sign. In the midst of this versus obviously the much more positive sign would be, hey, I'm all in. We're ready to go forward. But it's much better than the I'm all out. I don't want this at all. And so that ambivalence is something you can continue to work on as long as you don't allow the confusion to step in. You stay in confusion, you will also be disconnecting. So connect, 
not confusion, connection. It's your choice. Be connecting. Respond. Don't react. And what you're responding to is your plan, your roadmap. And if you don't have one, get it. And part of that plan should begin with the four C's of being calm, constant, consistent, and courageous. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.